Wine, Food, Talk. NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. In this time of media consolidation, digital news, and the shrinking of both terrestrial radio and dead tree newspapers, signing on to be the publisher of a local paper is a little like signing on to be the navigator on the Titanic, particularly in a market with high digital penetration, a transient visitor population, and the unique set of challenges that Napa has. However, for those that have been in the business a long time, there's always the hope that the audience is still there, that newspapers still matter, and that they perform an important function for news, for information, and even democracy, highfalutin as that idea may be, it's nonetheless an important one. So with that, it's my pleasure to be joined today by Davis Taylor. He's the new interim publisher of the Napa Valley Register. He replaces Brenda Speth, who had a long tenure in that role, and it's my pleasure to welcome Davis Taylor to the program. Davis, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, spending a little time with us. You are you haven't moved here yet. You're still in this sort of limbo land between here and Hanford. Right. Talk a little bit about that and what you're what you're doing in Hanford. Okay. I'm the publisher of the Hanford Sentinel, which is uh, another lead newspaper. Uh, and I've been there for about five years as the publisher. And I'm the interim publisher in Napa at this point. So that means I'm splitting my time between Napa and Hanford. And that's about a it's a four-hour drive. I spend more time actually physically in Hanford, but I'm in touch with the team up here every day via phone. Now, you and I were talking before we went on the air about that it's a four-hour drive and that the Central Valley is different. I mean, commuting between Hanford and Napa, besides the commute part of it, there's a certain cognitive dissonance that I would think <laughs> enters into the equation. Hanford is different. Than Napa, uh, very much so. Um, yeah, I mentioned to you when I first moved there, they introduced it to me as the other California. And I found out over the last few years uh, what that means. Uh, I had lived in the Bay Area. I had lived in Southern California. I had never really lived in the Central Valley. And so. And you lived in Seattle for a while, yes. too, as I mm-hmm. read. So right. that, that also was kind of California, yeah. West Coast. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, left coast, as they call it, in the Central Valley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you first moved to the Central Valley, what was that? What was that like? What was that that transition like? Uh, It was. I was so just busy with work that it uh, didn't have a huge immediate effect. But but I found out that um, in order to really be effective there uh, in media, you really need to. Make sure that you're doing what you can to be objective and not just pushing a point of view. Um, and you you bring different points of view to bear and you, you help people think by bringing them something that's a little different than their usual um, uh, way of thinking. But it's not our job, I don't feel, in community newspapers to change people's philosophy or their political viewpoint. If we can make them think a little, that's great. What about in local situations that are arguably nonpartisan, although today, and this is one of the things I spend a lot of time talking to candidates about, 
it seems that nothing is nonpartisan today. But traditionally, city council races, right. college board races are nonpartisan. Do you see uh, the continued role for news, local newspapers to get involved in those, to make endorsements, to really have a point of view? Yes. Um, I, think it's, I think it's important to do that. And um, so we have taken the position that we will focus on either uh, one or two races or one segment of the local races. A couple years back, we interviewed all the candidates for county office, and we uh, endorsed uh, one uh, for each office. Uh, we haven't done that in the last couple of years. We've selected specific. This was in, in Hanford. Yes, in right? Hanford. Yeah. We've, we haven't done that in the last couple of years. Um, but, um, but I know uh, Sean Scully here is very much involved with right. the community and um, making sure that he covers everything in local politics and, and so on. The danger, of course, in that is that because it's local and at least within a certain bubble, everybody kind of knows everybody and there's connections to the business community, which is a big and important part of it for somebody in your position. There's always somebody that gets offended in that kind of a situation. Right, yeah. Uh, the, you have to be careful with things like uh, the top 10 day spas or <laughs> <laughs> because number 11 will be will have me on the phone uh, 10 minutes after that, that issue hits the streets. Uh, but yeah, it, you do have to at a certain point say, okay, uh, we've thought we've thought it through, and we know we're going to get some uh, blowback from this. But uh, we really feel it's important for us to express either our endorsement of someone who we know someone over here is not going to like, or to express our opinion, which we know certain. Uh, people who are important to us because they're advertisers. Advertisers are the, still the lifeblood of the local newspaper. How did you get involved in the newspaper business? Well, I didn't really plan it very well. I've told people I would have probably done a better job of preparation if I had known I was going to end up in the newspaper business. I got into it as an advertising guy. I started selling advertising for the Penny Saver in Southern California decades ago. A lot we, of decades. We won't, we won't say how many decades ago, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I got into it as a print advertising uh, guy, and uh, I was in advertising right up until uh, – I did a brief stint as a publisher of uh, six weekly papers in the Bay Area many years ago. But I, was, I really was on the ad side until I started as the publisher in Hanford five years ago. Mm-hmm. And what have you seen in terms of the future and, and your thoughts about local journalism, local newspapers? Yeah, I think local newspapers, community newspapers, have a reason for being. Um, I think it's tougher for a Metro Daily, like pick one, you know, the Chronicle, the LA Times, San Jose Mercury News. It's difficult, more difficult for them to um, say, okay, this is our identity and this is what we cover and you can only get that from us uh, because they're competing with the local radio, TV, everything that covers that big market that they're in. In a smaller market, um, the community paper uh, offers things that no one else offers. We're the only ones covering the city council meetings or the city council races or key county issues or what's going on at Napa Valley College and, and that sort of thing. 
there really does seem to be, even with, with the bifurcation of news the way it is today and so much of it being digital, more of a role for local journalism, for local papers. Right, yeah. And I remind people sometimes, you know, newspapers invented journalism. So before newspapers, there wasn't uh, journalism, and it sort of evolved as part of uh, the whole newspaper process. But, yes, I think uh, the role of um, journalism, I was looking at a package uh, that Sean Scully put together on the, co- the coverage by the uh, register of the fires, and um, it was just amazing, and it, it was in print, it was online in various forms, it was uh, in social media, uh, and it was performing a lot of different jobs at once. It was keeping the people, the local uh, folks informed in the community. Uh, it was conveying information about uh, everything from how to stay safe if you're if you're in an area where there's fire or how to prevent fire. It was just, uh, it was a beautiful uh, package, and that's the kind of thing that a local community paper can do. It's so interesting here, and, and I don't know if you've had a chance to really think about this, but it's so interesting here in Napa in that regard because it's local on the one hand, but it's part of this under the umbrella of the Bay Area right. and all of its coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in my home in the Central Valley seeing Brenda Speth, my mm-hmm. predecessor, right. on, I believe it was Channel 7, um, after the earthquake. Uh, and she was there outside the building because it wasn't safe to be in the building, and the building's gone now, as right. everyone knows. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, so I thought, wow, that, you know, if something happened in Hanford like that, uh, Channel 7 would not, uh, no, I mean, it would be on in Fresno, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe one of the Fresno, market, yeah, right? maybe one of the Fresno stations, but yeah. So it makes uh, <clears throat> Snap a little more of a challenge in yes. that regard, yeah. both, both good and bad, Yeah, particularly from your perspective as a publisher. Talk a little bit about what you sense and feel about Napa just from the little bit of time you've spent here so far. I mean, it's a beautiful place. We all know yeah. the, the obvious things about it. Yeah. But as, as a business community, what are your first instincts? What, what do you sense about I, it? I think it's uh, a, a community that has a lot of potential. And it's sort of like, you know, if we can get a few years under our belt between natural disasters, we'll uh, we'll have an opportunity to really see some growth. I think I think Napa has a potential for a lot of growth. And um, if you if you look at you know different segments of business, especially, um, I think uh, Napa the, the the city of Napa has the opportunity to really grow, and I think is is working to grow the retail base. And we really want to participate in that and be part of that uh, in the paper because we live in the city of Napa as well. Talk about what you've seen, and and maybe it's different in Hanford, but what you've seen overall with respect to Lee and your own efforts and your own paper in terms of the migration from from dead tree to digital and and how that affects the work that you do. And by the way, speaking of dead trees, you know, trees are a crop. So there's uh, a lot of forest that's been planted just for just for <laughs> dead trees for paper. That's right. So, but anyway, uh, I digress. Yeah, there's a there's a huge migration, and all of us, whether it's Hanford or here, <clears throat> all of us have seen a, a big move uh, f- uh, first to 
uh, desktop and then to uh, laptop, and now it's gone almost all mobile, right. either tablet or phone. And so, so much of the news now is consumed on tablets and phone. And our audience is probably bigger than ever, um, but most of it is, is digital, and a lot of it is free. And sh- free and shorter attention span. Yes. I mean, that's the other part. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there's there's very little room on mobile for long, long articles. I mean, people right. do read them, but it's right. uh, it's more of a challenge. Yeah, and I, you know, I really believe that uh, what's happened. I I think a lot of people um, understand that it's a huge change, but they don't r- understand how huge it is. The the media revolution. Um, I, I'm I, there's a book I really like called The Chaos Scenario. You may be familiar with it. It talks about the change uh, in the landscape since the media revolution started with digital. And it's, it's people have asked, is it like when TV and radio started up? And, you know, be, you know when before that it had been mostly newspapers. Is it like the invention of the printing press? And it's really more like the discovery of fire. I mean, it is that basic and that uh, all intrusive into every aspect of life. And it hasn't just affected media, it's affected everything. Retail with Amazon and and so on. So it's a huge thing that happened. And there was kind of a convergence of three things that happened to the newspaper business, the media revolution and um, the 1990s buying spree that so many newspaper companies went on, and then the 2008 downturn in the economy. So it was a perfect storm and caught a lot of people in trouble. And the 1990 buying spree, I mean, affected media in so many ways. I mean, it not only affected newspapers with consolidation and and papers, big companies taking on huge amounts of debt. It affected the radio business, the television business, the radio business. It put some big companies out of business. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the 2008 crash just sort of accelerated that yeah. in a lot of cases. Yeah, it just showed the the weakness and how how thin some companies were were stretched. Yeah. Talk about whether you think local journalism in that regard, given all of this revolutionary fervor that we're talking about, <laughs> whether you think it's sustainable over the long run, valuable as it may be in yeah. local communities. Well, the, the the approach that I take, whether it's in on the business side or the journalism side or whatever it may be with our industry is I think it's a puzzle and I believe we can solve it. I don't have the answer and I haven't met anybody that has the answer yet, but I think we can solve it. And I think we have to, I think we, I think we have to have local journalism. I I don't, I mean, I, I don't think, um, our society, would function well without it. I, I really don't. It's like we were talking about education the mm-hmm. other day. Should seniors, and by the way, I'm a senior, so should seniors uh, pay for a school bond tax? Um, and I say yes, because a, a school bond will help the community, um, every, and it'll help the, the country. Uh, I mean, we're all in this together. It's not uh, it's not like, well, I, I don't want to participate in that because my children are have been out of school for 20 years. Well, but it's still your community. It's still your country. And I think that's really important to, to keep in mind. 
It, it's interesting because it's a two-way street in that regard because it is local journalism to a large extent that connects those people to the community. Otherwise, there, there's even more bifurcation. I yeah. mean, we see it now in, in Napa, for example, because we have a large percentage of the population in Up Valley. It's an even larger percentage, a growing number here you know, in the city of Napa, of second-home people, people yeah. that live in other parts of the Bay, other parts of the country in some places, cases, but other parts of the Bay Area. And they don't have that same kind of community connection. connection. It's understandable yeah. that they don't, but that's a part of what's changing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're getting more and more mobile uh, as, a, as a society. And, uh, it makes the mm. job so much tougher. It's like yeah. being the navigator on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I can do a better job than the, the navigator of the Titanic did. On the other hand, you know, and I get the sense from you that it's a challenge that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, I, and I really do believe we can solve it. I've, uh, uh, there are pieces of the puzzle that I think have, you know, started coming together. But, um, uh, I, yeah, it is enjoyable. And when I stop enjoying it is when I'll stop doing it, I guess. What, ex- what degree have you seen, and I don't know if it's different in Napa versus Hanford or the Central Valley, the degree to which there's really digital penetration, and you know, it's pretty high here. Yeah, yeah, it's, how it is it's, there and how that affects what you're doing. I mean, it's just so everywhere. Um, if I was talking to a group of editors and reporters, I'd say it's ubiquitous, but because they like that. But when I say things like that, but it really is. It's everywhere. It's it's almost um, in every home, every you know, everybody's even pocket. in more rural areas. Oh yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the Kings County, where Hanford is, mm-hmm. is sixty percent Hispanic. The highest um, community of mobile usage is millennial Hispanics, hmm. and um, everybody's got uh, a smartphone. It's just it's everywhere. Well, it's interesting too in newer communities or where there's increases in population. There is no hardline infrastructure anymore. I mean, it just doesn't exist in some places. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's so interesting. That's true, and it's uh, that's uh, yeah. You always feel like you're shooting at a at a moving target. Uh, it, things are changing so rapidly, and so uh, so who's our target audience? Who 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 should we be trying to connect our advertiser with? Talk a little bit about how you have to explain all of this to the potential advertiser to the business out there who doesn't, as you do, as I do, think about this every day and, yeah. you know, read books about it and journals about <laughs> and it. And obsess about it. obsess yeah. about it every day. You know, the, <laughs> the average guy out there, a woman, is, is busy running a business and not yeah. really thinking about all these aspects of it. Well, well one thing that I always remind people of uh, when, when they're saying, well, you know, I don't know, the newspaper is – it, it, maybe it is the Titanic, uh, and I'm, maybe I shouldn't be involved with that. And I tell them, well, w- what I've noticed is people will tell me, well, nobody reads the newspaper until we print something they don't like. And then they feel like, well, we got to stop that. Everybody's, everybody is going to know that. Uh, so we just uh, we need to keep everything in perspective. And we also need we are responsible for reminding people that we're not just a printed newspaper, that we have a huge presence on the Internet. And um, I know in Hanford, uh, you know, our circulation is smaller than Napa. 
but we have 250,000 unique visitors to our website every month mm-hmm. and a million page views. And um, so that tells you, I mean, in an area that is really rural and um, we probably are helped a little because we have Naval Air Station Lemoore and we have a bunch right. of military people who've passed through and still keep tabs via the internet. But still, um, in Napa's numbers are even higher than that, of course. So we it's our responsibility to remind people we're not here to sell you an ad. We're here to help you reach people through the internet, through print, through social media. And how uh, hard is it to sell that idea these days? Well, it it, it, it isn't that hard. I mean, it, because uh, everybody's facing the same challenges uh, as far as the mobile community and how, are, how am I going to let people know I'm here and what I have to offer and how I can make their life better. And so uh, everybody needs help doing that. And so uh, we have clients who are... Uh, 100% digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't do uh, they don't do a lot of print, and so I guess if you're 100% digital, you don't do any print. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, uh, but it's everybody's facing that same challenge. Is things are moving so fast, and we're bombarded with so much information every day, so many more messages than you know just a few years ago, and it's uh, how do we help them break through that? Well, I thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of this, and welcome to Napa. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.